Hello and welcome to the SBNY podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As you know, as always, the Sports Blog New York podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, App, Google Play, SoundCloud, the whole nine. And if you do like what you've been hearing, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to this fine program. Let us know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. And let us know on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Drop the stars. Drop the reviews. We love to hear from you. And we love that you come in and listen every single week. But today on The Bill, we got things to talk about. We got Yankees with a big weekend. MLB playoffs around the corner. NFL's preseason ending finally. And college football beginning. It's football week. And also a couple basketball notes as well. Of course, you got to drop them in. But you guys know how it goes. First, we got a word from our presenting sponsor. Wooter Apparel is the number one shop for all custom uniforms and apparel. It has the best prices, two to three week turnaround, any design and any uniform you can imagine. And the best part is they don't do just basketball. They do baseball, football, backpacks, hoodies, hats, everything you can imagine. That's Wooter Apparel. That's W-O-O-T-E-R apparel.com. Also hit them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Wooter Apparel. Best part is... Discount code SBNY. Discount code SBNY hooks you up with a special discount at your purchase. Now, again, my name is Pete Kennedy. We're here on the SBNY podcast. It's a Tuesday morning. We just had Labor Day. And if you can't tell by my voice, man, I'm feeling the pain a little bit from Labor Day weekend. But I'm not complaining. I'm out here grinding, trying to give you guys some good content to start off your week, to start off a huge week where football is fully back, true and true. We had college football kick us off this weekend, which is really like a marathon, right? We got games on Thursday, Friday, all day Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, even a game on Monday. It's good stuff. College football is back. NFL starts this week. We got Pats and the Chiefs on Thursday. And then I can't wait to see my man Scott Hansen on Red Zone Sunday. Got the Giants-Cowboys on Monday night, we got a lot to look forward to. And that also means that we have a lot to talk about. Okay? So my name is Pete Kennedy. I'm solo dolo today on the podcast, post-Labor Day, trying to keep the voice up so you guys can hear me, so you guys can enjoy this big football week with me. But I know I got that voice. I got that voice that's like, I woke up, where am I voice? I got that voice like, I just traveled for an hour in the morning and hadn't said any words yet and then tried to join a normal conversation voice. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. When you wake up, you go to work, you don't talk to anyone. Before (laughs) the whole commute, you finally show up and you try to jump in a conversation and cracks. (laughs) That's how I feel. That's how I feel, but it's okay because we got great sports stuff, man. We got great sports stuff today. Um, what we're going to talk about is going to touch on the whole thing with people complaining about preseason football in the NFL, because I'm right there with you. Who's trying to watch the NFL preseason? I mean, I know the numbers are there. I know that the networks and the stadiums and the teams are happy with their money that they get from these preseason games. But let's be real. This is not something that we all need, right? We don't need four preseason games. We all know this. There's no real debate about it. 
There's no need for four preseason games. Okay? So I'm just going to say that and make that clear. And I'm going to bounce back to an argument that I've heard over and over and over again for the past four weeks of preseason football. I've been hearing people say that, look at college. Look at the college football. NCAA football, Division I. They don't need a preseason. Some of these teammates don't even know each other. They just got to campus. And they're playing against Florida State. Alabama versus Florida State, week one. How come they can do it and the NFL can't? Right? Haven't you heard this argument before? Now, I'm not saying that argument's wrong. Because I don't think it truly is wrong. But when you watch some of these games from last weekend, when you watch Florida State versus Alabama, yes, they are playing a good, real game that counts week one. That's great. I love it. But at the same time, you don't think some of those guys could have used a preseason game? Let's look at Florida State. Now, I know it is a tragedy for them to lose their quarterback, and that is going to possibly hinder them very much so this season. But they couldn't do nothing against Alabama. And I know it's Alabama. But can you not see that that has a little something to do with them not being fully comfortable in a game situation, especially against a team like that? So it got me to thinking. When I was watching this college football team in that game, and watching offenses not know what they're doing. And watching special teams be lost. Maybe there's a happy medium here. Maybe four season, four preseason games is too much, right? We said that in the open. I think that's too much. I don't want to see my good players play four games. I hardly want to see them play one preseason game. But on the other hand, college football, people are saying they don't need it. Why does the NFL? I sit back after this weekend, after the NFL preseason has officially ended, and after the college football season has jumped right into their first week, and say, I feel like there is a clear-cut happy medium here. Right? There's a happy medium. And it's just this. It's very, very simple. The NFL needs to just simply cut the preseason in half or say, One exhibition, one preseason game, that's it. Get your guys in, make your cuts during camp and after the preseason game, one game. That's it. And you know what? If college football wants to add one game for preseason so they don't have to jump in to Florida State, Alabama right off the bat, I think that's pretty fair too. Come on, because let's be real. We're Sports Blog New York podcast, right? The Giants have a chance to be good this year. Do you want to see Odell Beckham, Landon Collins, JPP, Olivier Vernon, Eli Manning? List goes on for a few more players. Do you want to see any of them play meaningless football before a season where you think you can be really good? No way. You can't have that. Because God forbid, and like it almost happened, it's happening still. We don't know exactly how healthy Odell Beckham is. You can't see your guy go down in meaningless football prior to a season with expectations. Now, I would make a comparison to the Jets, but 
I can't really think of any players that you know you really care about, and if they got hurt, would really be a detriment to your season. Because come on, the Jets are irrelevant. They're kind of playing preseason all year, if you ask me. But that's besides the point. Is it is it just me? And let me know. Hit me up on my Twitter at p kennedy with two y's. That's p kennedy two y's. Very simple. Hit me up. Is that a happy medium? Is that as simple as it seems in my head to just either cut it in half, two preseason games, or simply this, one exhibition, one preseason game. That's it. It's not crazy. You could still make a little money. You're not going to make as much as four. I get the whole money thing. But at the same time, we need to find the balance here. Because I'm also sick and tired of seeing people complain about doing their fantasy drafts and losing Julian Edelman. Because I don't blame the NFL on that one. That's your fault for doing your draft too early. That's your fault. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because watching some of these college football games, man, I really saw teams who, yeah, they were mentally ready to play and and up for the game and pumped up, but they weren't in midseason form. If that Florida State team... Grant, without let's let's just say uh, Francois doesn't get injured, right? So say that exact team from Saturday night went to play Alabama in four weeks or six weeks or ten weeks. It's going to be a lot different. It's going to look a lot different. And even if Alabama wins at the same exact score, the game would look a lot different because they'd be more comfortable. They know each other better. They know their playbooks better. There's just more to it, right? So there, we have to find that happy medium because I'm sick of hearing people complain about preseason because I don't like it either, but I don't watch preseason. Simple. Don't really watch it at all. If I happen to run into it, I run into it. Otherwise, eh, I'll wait for week one when it matters. I'll wait for week one when it matters. But the worst thing you can ever see is that update on your phone. When you're not watching and you get your guy from your team or your fantasy team torn ACL, that's rough to see. That is rough to see and deal with. So NFL, let's find a happy medium for once. Not too much to ask. Don't kill us with four preseason games we don't care about. But don't just wipe it away just yet. Happy medium. Two games or one game, simple. Guys get to fight for their spots. Less guys get hurt. Everybody wins. Bada boom. I just fixed the NFL's preseason for you. And if you agree or disagree, again, let me know on my Twitter, at PKennedy2Wise, or at the Sportblog New York Twitter, which is at SportblogNYC. Let me know what you think. Because really, people, really, people, think about this. If you're a listener to this podcast and you're listening to me right now, What can make this podcast more fun? I know one thing that pops out right into my head, and it's awesome, and it's simple. Let's engage a little bit. Let's interact. I want to hear you people. I want to hear your opinions. If you disagree with me, if you agree, if you think I'm an idiot, or if you think I'm a genius. I want to know. I'm very interested. So don't forget to engage. Leave a little rating and review. I'll mention you on the air. I'll shout out your Twitter if you give some insightful comments or ask a good question. That's the most beautiful thing about something like a podcast or something like Twitter is when you can engage and ask questions and debate 
All that stuff's real, real fun. And I would love nothing more than to take this podcast to another level with the help of you guys listening to it as well. So don't be afraid. Reach out. Hit me on Twitter. Hit me on Facebook. Whatever you want. I'm open. I'm ready to answer questions. I'm ready to debate. It would be a lot of fun because I appreciate so much any person who listens to this program. So don't be shy. Don't be bashful. Reach out. Let me know what you think. But for the rest of the show, we have some other stuff to talk about. So we got the MLB season. The Yankees just had a really big weekend. Uh, They've now won three out of four against the Red Sox and now four out of five if you're counting the game on Monday as well. Really a lot of things to be happy about for the Yankees in this exact moment just based off results. But I'm not going to talk too deep about the breakdown of the game for the weekend and how Chad Green was dominant and it was great to see and Judge got back on the home run train and up the middle, Castro and Didi are just great. I will say this, and you guys know if you listen to the Sports Blog York podcast, I'm not a Yankee guy. I'm not a Yankee fan, right? But I try my best to be objective Try my best to tell it how it is, whether it's good or bad. But I will say this. Didi Gregorius is my guy. I love how that guy plays baseball. Love his swag. Love what he does on all aspects of the game. Great, great to watch. But like I said, I'm not here in this moment to talk specifically about the Yankees team, how they're playing, how they're going to move forward. Instead... I have an overall general theory here about the MLB playoffs involving the Yankees and involving the Yankees and the Red Sox. So I look at this American League and I look at teams like the Cleveland Indians and the Houston Astros, the Los Angeles Angels, and then the Yankees and the Red Sox. And even, you know, Tampa for a minute was hanging out But there are some teams here in the AL that are interesting and that have good players and that have players who I truly believe need to be stars. Like, I've said this on the podcast before. I think Jose Altuve should be a star. I think Carlos Correa should be a star. And George Springer and Mike Trout is a star, but he should be double the star that he is right now. And Corey Kluber is filthy. He deserves to be a star. And you might be listening to me say that and think, they are stars, man. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, these guys are studs. They're all stars. They're the best players on their teams. But that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about mass appeal here. I'm talking about when it becomes September and we got a playoff series, that you're going to have names and name brands and players who pull you to the screen, who make you think, I can't miss that game. I can't miss his start. I can't miss his at-bats. And when I look at the Cleveland Indians and the Houston Astros, and to a lesser extent the Angels, just because I think Mike Trout pulls that much, I see teams that can easily be forgettable or not important enough to become appointment television. But it's not truly their fault. I mean, realistically, the Indians are fantastic, and they're so good. They were in the World Series last year, and if they happened to make a run back there again, it would be amazing. 
And baseball fans, people who love the MLB, would love it. And they'd get behind it. And whether you like the Indians or not, you'd be intrigued and want to watch them play. But to the mass appeal, baseball is truly missing something. You can tell me all you want, baseball guy. Well, MLB is locally stronger than ever, and they're making more money, and their revenue is this, and their local ratings are that. I get it. I'm not trying to discount that. I'm trying to elevate the Major League Baseball because it's awesome that they get great local ratings. And it's great that every town lives and dies by their team for summers at a time. But when you get to ESPN national televised games and Fox national televised games, let's be real here. You want to see Indians, Astros, Or do you want to see Yankees, Red Sox? Yankees, Red Sox in September and October is some of the best baseball you'll ever see. So I'm making a plea for hope here for Major League Baseball. Can we please get a Yankees, Red Sox postseason series? Because what I love to see Kluber versus Severino in a game? Yes, and that happened last week, and it was awesome. I was lucky enough to be at that game and sitting close enough to see the crazy amount of dip that Kluber gets on his cutter or his slider or whatever the hell he throws. But if you can look me in the eye and say that Astros-Yankees or Astros versus Angels or Astros versus Indians or Red Sox versus Angels really turns you up, And that's just pumping you up. You can't wait for it. You're wrong if you think that's better than Red Sox, Yankees. So let's get a plea for hope here. Let's hope that no matter who wins the division, whether it's the Yankees or the Red Sox, I don't really care. But that team needs to make it to the next round. Because this season, the way these two teams are coming together, the way they're facing off, and the Yankees are teeing on Chris Sale, and my guy Demers took Chapman deep when it mattered most, the Yankees-Red Sox of this 2017 season can bring back the fire of the early 2000s Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. Because I've said this on the pod before. That rivalry lost a little bit when the Red Sox started really winning and winning World Series and getting rid of the curse and becoming the better team for the period of the past 10 to 15 years. Because let's be real. The Red Sox haven't been more consistently a contender. And have won more championships since the early 2000s. Since they got off the schneid. And a little bit of that rivalry faded away. But now, I look at these two teams. The way they've come out. The way the Yankees' expectations were so mediocre. Hoping the young guys just held their own. And they burst on the scene. And then the Red Sox were the favorites. But the Yankees were showing them up early. And now we're sitting here early September. We just had a weekend on Labor Day. Yankees-Red Sox. Where the Yankees won three out of four. But they're still a little bit behind in the division. Now in my eyes, no matter how I look at it. 
if the Yankees sneak up and take the division, or if the Red Sox hold on and take the division. The, the division. This season has been a fight, and there ain't no better way to end that fight than in the postseason in October when it matters most. So please, Major League Baseball, I'm begging you, give me Yankees-Red Sox in the postseason. Because if I get Yankees-Indians, all right, I'll watch. It'll be fun. If I get Yankees versus Astros, yeah, same, cool. Uh, Red Sox versus Angels, okay. That's cool. Mike Trout, Red Sox, yeah. There ain't nothing like the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. And this might just be the year where that rivalry becomes the most real rivalry in all of sports again. So MLB, man. MLB, deliver in 2017. Y'all delivered in 2016 with that playoffs. We had the Cubs. We had the Indians. Cleveland was riding on their NBA Finals victory high. The Cubs were riding on their we haven't won anything in 100 years high. And it was the perfect pinnacle. It was perfect. And maybe a Cubs-Indians rematch would be good. It might be great. And it's possible the way the Cubs are getting back into the race. But if you give me American League Championship Series, Yankees-Red Sox, take it to seven, I am tuned in every pitch, every night. You can see me at the TV. That's what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. So I don't know if I'm just being a, a, a New York homer. I don't know if I'm being stubborn here. So let me know what you think. Again, at P. Kennedy, two wise. Is Yankee Red Sox the absolute best series you can get in the MLB playoffs other than the World Series? Let me know what you think, for real. If you can think of a series in the playoffs this year that'll be more interesting to more people and there'll be more bad blood, please let me know. Because to me, I know the Indians are good. I know the Astros are awesome and they're cool and they got young guys who have spunk and talent. And I know the Angels have Mike Trout. I love Mike Trout. Give me Yankees, Red Sox. That's all I'm saying. That is all I'm saying. So stay tuned with SportsBlogNewYork.com. Stay tuned with the Twitter at SportsBlogNYC because we're on, we're on this Yankee stuff here. We have our guy. He's Day Italiano on Twitter. Check out at our Twitter at SportsBlogNYC to see his reaction videos. He's been giving his reaction uh, game in and game out via Twitter videos. So check him out. Tell him what you think. Because it's a lot of fun right now. Yankee fans, be hype right now. Be happy where you are. Because there's a lot to be thankful for with what you guys have gone through this season. With, you know, the great start, the slow start to the second half. The bullpen is great. The bullpen stinks. You guys have ups and downs, and the offense was great. Then the offense stunk. Judge was amazing. Then he stunk. But you're still right here. You still have the chance to push right through to the playoffs and hopefully make the world a happier, more intrigued by baseball (laughs) type of place if you give us that series. Give me Chris Sale versus Severino, game one. Give me it. Give me it. I need it. (laughs) So if you can't tell, I will be ecstatic. If we get that series, I would be ecstatic. I don't think anything else in MLB can live up to it. It's just, the, it's just one of those things. And especially with these young guys, the Jackie Bradley Jr., the Mookie Betts versus the Aaron Judge and the Gary Sanchez. There's these 
great personalities who can grow into the best rivalry of baseball, the, one of the best rivalries of sports. So that'll be deliver. Deliver. And we'll be happy because we'll be watching. But as always, this is the Sports Blog of New York podcast. We're not going to go too, too long today because it's me, just solo, after a long weekend. And we did have a lot of stuff go on in sports. We did. But you know what? The week is young. We're going to have another podcast later this week. And even better, in my opinion, we're going to have a podcast next week. On Monday, we're going to drop it. Where I got to sit down and interview a man by the name of Khalil McDonald. Khalil McDonald is a New Yorker. He's from Queens. Went to high school in Queens. Played college basketball in Queens. And he is now lucky enough to have traveled all over the world from Spain down into Mexico to play professional basketball for different types of prize money, for contracts, for a lot of different things. And he was a fascinating individual. Clint McDonald was fascinating. And you need to stay tuned next week for his interview when we drop it. And this man is on a show on Viceland. If you've ever heard of Viceland, check out their app, download it. We can put a link in the, in the website. Um, also check it out on Twitter, Instagram, all that, at Viceland. There's a show called The Last Shot, and it has... This group of American basketball players, documentary style, um, all real, about as real as you can get, traveling with them through the heart of Mexico, playing local Mexican basketball tournaments to win money to send back to their families, to win money to keep them afloat, to also find some national recognition to get a contract overseas. It is fascinating, and he went through all of this and was Nice enough to take the time out of his day to sit down with me earlier in the week to talk. We talked about for for about an hour. So definitely got to stay tuned for that. And that's Khalil McDonald of Viceland's The Last Shot. It's a really cool show. Check out the trailer. Check out the first episode. It's free on YouTube. It'll, it'll be worth your time because it's like something you've never seen before. So definitely stay tuned with that. But one of the last things I want to talk about today on this episode of the SBNY podcast, my name is Peter Kennedy is LaMelo Ball. And LaMelo Ball obviously comes along with another man. And that man's name is LeVar, if you've never heard of him. But they've made some some news lately. Yeah? Little, Little splashy news, if you will. They made a big splash, actually. And I think this splash that they made is gonna have a ripple effect. Cause yeah, I think they threw a large rock into the water, into the lake. And that thing is splashing and rippling all the way to the coast. And this is what I mean by that. I think the balls, Lonzo, Lavar, LaMelo, and the forgotten LiAngelo, who's actually going to be in UCLA, have a unique ability to make splashes that lead to change in the NBA, the NCAA, and in professional athlete culture. And you might be listening to this preface here, thinking, Pete, you're out of your mind, dude. LaMelo's 16. He got a signature shoe. It's a joke, okay? Don't buy into this crap. What are you doing? Lonzo's good. Langell's crap. LaVar's a jerk. What are you talking about? That's fine. You can tell me all that stuff. And I'm not going to disagree with it. I'm really not. I think Lonzo's great. I can't wait to watch him play. But who knows what he really will be. We'll see. Lamelo is 16. I get it. He's a junior in high school. 
he cherry-picked 60 of his 90 points. Uh, exaggeration. But in that 92-point game, he was cherry-picking. He's not the most physically gifted. Leangelo might not be an NBA player. LeVar is out of his mind. You know, right? Can you hear me? I'm not disagreeing with you. But I want to take it to the next level. I want to break it down a little bit further. Because I have a theory. And the theory might be a little out there. And it might not be completely realistic. But as a general idea, as a general train of thought of what might be realistic with this family, because this family is unique. And they've already taken the world by storm. And they already have a show on Facebook documentarizing. That's not a word. (laughs) Making a documentary of their life, a reality show. I like making words up on the podcast. They already made a splash, right? So this is my theory, and it's a little crazy. And I don't really believe it, but I think as a general idea, it makes sense and has some real practical thought behind it. All right, so hear me out. Lonzo Ball is drafted. He signs with Big Baller Brand, his family brand. He has his shoe, and in the summer league, he wears a Nike one day. He wears a Jordan one day. He wears the Adidas one day. Comes back with his big baller sneaker. He's kind of doing whatever he wants. And he says, that's the greatness of being a big baller brand. I don't have an umbrella. I can do whatever I want. Really cool. But it started the splash. So what has LeVar Ball and LaMelo Ball done since that very moment? They have released a signature shoe for LaMelo, the 16-year-old. For his 16th birthday, he dropped a signature shoe. That doesn't happen in this world. That is not normal. It is so abnormal, actually, that it's never happened before. That has never been done. And no, it's not Nike giving him the deal. No, it's not Adidas giving him the deal. Yes, it's a made-up family brand. That still seems a little fugazi. Uh Uh-huh. $495 for a shoe. We get it. I got you. I know it's crazy, right? But my man, LaMelo, 16, signature shoe. So what happened from that point on? We start hearing rumblings from our favorite media personalities and writers and Twitter handles and everybody. You start hearing the chirp, the chirp, chirp, chirp. The NCAA ain't going to like this too much, huh? LaMelo Ball already verbally committed to go to UCLA to play ball in two years. I don't think the NCAA is going to like this too much that he has his own signature too. So what might that mean? Well, somebody got a hold of LeVar Ball, and he was willing to talk, believe it or not. And he said, basically, this is not a direct quote, but this is a summation of what he possibly, what he pretty much said. I don't give a shit what the NCAA says. I don't work for them. They're not my boss. The Big Baller brand is not under any umbrella, and we're going to do whatever the hell we want. That's basically what they said. And is LeVar Ball right in this moment? Absolutely he's right in this moment. Because who's going to tell him not to? I'm sure he has, you know, at this point, lawyers on his side, and he has money coming through to back it up. I mean, the dude Lamelo just got a Lamborghini for his 16th birthday. So he's not messing around here. He's putting real resources into this thing. And he's within his right to do this with Lamelo's signature shoe right now. 
But what does that mean for LaMelo, the basketball player? What does that mean for LaMelo when he graduates Chino Hills in two years? Can he go to UCLA? Does he want to go to UCLA? Is this dude even good enough to play in the NBA? We truly don't know the answer to those questions. So here's my crazy theory. It's a, this is the crazy theory. I'm going to hit you with the crazy theory, and then I'll hit you with the more realistic theory. But I, I like the crazy one. It's more fun. It's more fun. The NBA and LeVar Ball and the big ball of brand are in cahoots. They are colluding here. And it's all to hype up the G League. That's right. You heard me. LeVar Ball and the Ball family and the Big Baller brand and the NBA are bringing this together to hype up the G League. Because in two years, when LaMelo Ball graduates high school and the NCAA says, you've made how much on your signature show? You've made how much from being on a reality TV show on Facebook? Yeah, now this guy's not eligible. LaMelo Ball is ineligible to be in the NCAA. He's not going to UCLA. Good luck, good luck elsewhere, LaMelo. And you know what's going to happen? LaMelo Ball will be the first high school player to skip on college, not to go overseas, but to go right into the G League. Because with this new G League, with Gatorade backing the former D League, Gatorade's backing it, the contracts are getting a little bigger, they have the partially guaranteed two-way contract deals, the G Leagues, they're, they're, they're putting money into this. The NBA is putting resources, time, and effort into making the G League respectable. And that's why they're taking LaMelo Ball as the poster boy, who may not be the best basketball player, but goddamn does he have the best brand. And if my man LaMelo Ball goes into the G League, you're telling me you're not going to tune in to see what happened? You're not going to be curious on how this man competes against guys who went through four years of college and can't make an NBA roster? I mean, I'm interested. I'm going to check it out. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know if that's the best thing for LaMelo Ball. I don't at all. But he'll still be able to keep his big baller brand. He's going to be playing a pro contract. He'll be one step away from the NBA at any given point. This seems like a match made in heaven. LeVar and LaMelo drop the shoe. They make the money. They have the reality show. The NCAA, the big bad NCAA who won't pay their athletes. Because there's so big, there's so many sports, so many athletes. How are they going to pay people? Well, they don't even let people use their likeness for profit. LeVar and LaMelo want to change that game. And in my crazy theory, in this crazy alternate reality, that might actually be real. The NBA, the G League, and the Balls are working together on this one. To make them all some money, to get them all some recognition, and to change the game. To change the way NCAA athletes and young athletes and new professional athletes go to make money, go to get hype, and go to build their brand. It's interesting, boys. Think about it. I know I said this theory was crazy. I know I said I don't truly believe it. But when I broke that down there, 
doesn't there seem to be some validity behind it? Doesn't it seem to feel like that's not that crazy? That's possible. This LeVar Ball character has been pulling things out his his butt for how long now? For six months since Lonzo got to UCLA? They're not stopping. They're relentless. They're trying to change the way this is all done. The only problem for me is that I don't know if LaMelo is the basketball player to do this. But if we're talking brand and we're talking hype and popularity, LaMelo's got it all. Because he's got a recognizable face and haircut. He's got his big bro about to be one of the rookie of the year contenders. And he's got a dad who won't shut up. And more and more people are starting to like, if you ask me. So they have an opportunity to really shake up the game. And that's my crazy theory. The NBA, the G League, and the Ball family in cahoots to make Melo the first high school player to skip college for the G League. And will it work from a basketball standpoint? Maybe not. Maybe not. But will it work for the hype of LaMelo's career? Very possibly. Will it work to get some more eyes on the G League? Now I think that is the definite. Because if you got a ball brother playing in the G League, you got appointment viewing on all platforms that game's on. When they're, whenever, whether they're playing it live on Facebook, whether you're watching it on Twitter, whether, you, whether you're watching the highlights later that night, or you're tuning in live, that game is going to get eyes on it. More than any eyes a G League game can imagine to get. So it might not be crazy. It really might not be crazy. Now, more realistically, I can imagine LaMelo getting to the NCAA and the NCAA saying, all right, well, we actually kind of want this guy. He's going to bring great hype and great publicity to our sport of NCAA Division I basketball. Let's make a deal here. Let's make something work. And you know what? We're the NCAA. We've been getting crap for a long time on not letting these guys make money. Maybe we need to find a happy medium. Maybe we will let LaMelo make money off of certain things, but not other things. Right? So maybe the, that's the more realistic option here is that LaMelo goes through two years. His shoe does good. The show continues to do well. His popularity only continues to grow. And the NCAA cuts their losses, takes a step back, and says, you know what, LaMelo, we actually want you in the NCAA. Let's figure out a way to make this work for you and to make this work for future athletes. Because that's also a real possibility. Because does the NCAA want to pass up on a guy who will be free marketing? I mean, this dude is 16. He's got millions of Instagram followers. He's got a following. And if you deny that, you're denying data. You're denying numbers and facts. These people move the numbers. The Ball family moves the numbers. That's why LeVar made all those appearances. That's why Lonzo got the hype that he does. That's why the Lakers are going to be primetime television this entire year, even if they're not a playoff team, which they won't be. So take, take a serious look at this one. I'm not saying my first theory, which is a little crazier, is super realistic. I'm not trying to give you some fake BS story just to get you hyped. But I really believe there's something to that idea. And will it fall somewhere in between the two extremes? Absolutely, it always, always does. But think about it. LaMelo brings hype. The Ball family brings a name brand. 
and the NBA G League need some rep. They need some reputation. They need some eyeballs to see their product. And a dude like that might just be the guy to get the average NBA fan or the average basketball fan or the young person who likes LaMelo Ball to watch the G League. Or it might inspire the next athlete to say, screw college, I'm getting a shoe deal, I'm going to the G League until the NBA wants me up. He might inspire a generation. They might change the game for young athletes. That might be real. So we got to keep an eye on this situation, and we will. You know I'll be talking about it for sure. Another thing I want to announce, though, is that via the SBNY podcast, we are going to be releasing a new series of the pod, and that's going to be called NBA Outsiders. NBA Outsiders, that is. Because we're not inside nothing. We're outside talking about the NBA. And we're going to be in fully entrenched in the NBA season. From the rookie storylines to our local teams of the Knicks and, you know, the Nets, I guess, too. As well as NBA storylines across the board. We're going to come at you with the best talk you can imagine on the NBA. And that's the NBA Outsiders, which you can stay tuned for in the next couple weeks. Once we get closer to the NBA season, once we start the NFL season a little stronger, we're going to drop that pod, and I really, really look forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, so definitely keep in touch with the SPNY podcast. It's a perfect time right now, as you hear me talk, to go in to your Apple Podcast app, to your iTunes, your Google Play, your SoundCloud. Hit the follow button, man. Subscribe. Very simple. And take, if you, if you so choose, about 30 seconds more. Depends how fast you type. And drop a little rating, drop a little review. It would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to the sports blog New York.com. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. That's more important too. If you want to hear more of a topic, you gotta let me know. You gotta tell me what you need to hear, and I'll give you the best content I can bring. That's pretty much all we're gonna do today on the SBNY podcast. We talked about the NFL preseason college football. NFL's around the corner. We're going to have pods coming later this week to talk week one. We talked the Yankees and the Red Sox and how they are the playoff matchup. And maybe we don't want, I think you know I want it, but the MLB needs it. And that'll be uber exciting if we're lucky enough to see it. And then we talked about LaMelo and how him and his poppy and his bros, they might change the game. And they might be closer than you think. I'll end the podcast, though, with noting that our guys on the New York Knicks, our international team of mystery with Porzingis and Willie Hernan Gomez and Kuzminskis, they're running, their, they're, they're running the game out in Eurobasket. I might be the only psycho who actually watches Eurobasket. I was watching Latvia versus Serbia. I was watching Spain play, and Willie Hernan Gomez was crushing it. Kuzminskis has been the best player on Lithuania, and Porzingis literally elevates Latvia to a content, contending team in the Eurobasket by himself. They got some other player, for real. They got some other talent. Guys who can shoot, guys who know how to play. You got Davis Bertans on that team. They're a good team. They ain't going to compete with Spain because they're legit. But KP has been looking good, needs to step, on, step up on D. But I love what I'm seeing out of my international guys on the Knicks. Um, but again, hopefully you guys enjoyed the ESPNY podcast today. Kept it short, kept it sweet. Hopefully you enjoyed. Keep an eye on our Knicks guys out in Eurobasket trying to make a run for a title out there. But more importantly, you have a great day. Your post-labor day. Your first week after the summer has ended. Hopefully you keep your energy up. You keep your 
mood positive. Do what you got to do. And last but not least, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the SBNY Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. That's Pete Kennedy with two Y's on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let me know what you think. And most of all, have a great day.